Welcome to episode 140 of No Challenges Remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined by my dear friend Courtney Nguyen. Hi, Courtney. Hello, Ben. We are currently in interview room four of Melbourne Park at the Australian Open. Esteemed interview room four. It used to be three. They added one more, so now it's four. Earlier earlier days, it's gotten downgraded. But what hasn't gotten downgraded is our excitement for the Australian Open. We have draws. They're out. Sound effects. Courtney's trying. Doing something. (laughs) Okay, not your best, <laughs> good work. So, um, joined by Courtney Nguyen, we're going to talk about draws. Um, you want to do men or women first, Courtney? It's up to you. Okay, I know you haven't seen the men's draw yet. I've literally not even seen the men's draw. It's no longer your job, so outside of NCR. Um, so let's start with the women, and we'll leave the men as a midway okay. surprise. Women's draw went first in the draw ceremony. Serena Williams was there at the draw ceremony, carrying in her, her trophy, her Daphne Ackhurst cup. And she looked fit. Yeah. I mean, this has to be said, I mean, with all of the, you know, concerns about uh, Serena's fitness um, in terms of her knee and everything going into it, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't look like she's just been, like, you know, chilling out on the beach since September. She looks fit. I mean, she looks like she's been working really hard, and um, so that was that was very good to see. Yeah, she looked fit when I saw her in December, too. Yeah. So, I mean, she, yeah, I don't think that's the issue. I think the issue is more... And she wasn't limping up the stairs or anything that was right. noticeable. So the the uh, issue's more just how she holds up the matches. She hasn't played a competitive match since the U.S. Open. And boy, does she have a doozy to start. Boy, does she have a doozy to start. Let's start right away with Serena's little section here. She has a doozy to start. She has the highest uh, ranked unseated player, uh, Camilla Georgie. So there's a possibility if a seed pulls out, they'll move Georgie and Serena would get a qualifier or lucky loser. But as of right now, she gets Georgie, Camilla Georgie. <laughs> it's... It, Camilla Georgie, I think I, I don't know if it made it into the final version of the story. I think I described her as being sort of like an untethered Uzi in terms hmm. of being a player. I think she just hits the ball as hard as she can, very see the ball, hit the ball as hard as possible, no spin, no no nuance. She's the, you know, if you go back and you watch like old Looney Tunes uh, <laughs> uh, cartoons, like yeah. the old Bugs Bunny baseball ones, she's like, you know, the epitome of like, swing, 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 strike three, you're out. Or... The ball goes sailing, and it's a home run, and you're a hero. Like, there, there's no, I'm going to hit to the opposite field to try and get to second base. Like, no. that's just not what, what Camilla Georgie does, and uh, no secret there. Is all of that, we know, obviously, we were pretty familiar with Georgie. Is, is all of that make for a dangerous opponent for Serena? Because I think no. I think yes. You think yes? Yeah. Because I think that when you are talking, in this situation specifically for Serena, she's, you're talking about her playing her first complete match. Uh, of the season hasn't played a completed match, non-exhibition match since losing to Vinci back in September. So it's uh-huh. been a, a long break, long time. And I think that what when I do talk to some of the players, so many of them have said one of the frustrating things about the draw is not necessarily the quality of the player, but the type of player. And so for a player like Serena, I think that it will be frustrating because Georgie is not going to let her rally. She is not going to let her get into rhythm. She's not going to let her kind of get her blood flowing and moving. It's not unlike, you know, what Sam Crawford was doing the other week in Brisbane, you know, other big hitting players that just take the racket out of your hand. And I think Ivanovich was telling me a similar thing um, in uh, Sydney when I talked to her. Um, and she lost in Sydney to Pliskova, yeah. also a player who is not going to let you rally. And she lost in the opening round to Brody, 
in Auckland. Uh, so those were her two. She comes in winless, and she's kind of like, look, I mean, I'm playing players that don't let me yeah. do what I need to do to get comfortable on a court. I think that that's what I worry about for Serena. And there's no doubt that I think Camilla Georgie is the most disruptive player on the WTA. I mean, she's the equivalent based on her skill set. I mean, she's the closest thing you have to, like, a Karlovich almost in her own way, and that she's just not going. She plays a different sort of tennis, a fairly ridiculous sort of tennis. I mean, remember when we talked to Andrea Petkovic in Cincinnati after she finally, I don't know if you were in that press conference or that small she room finally interview. Georgie after she finally beat Georgie. Yeah. And Petkovic's reaction is hilarious. She's just like, finally, yeah. because not, and it was not, you know, completely respectful, but it was this idea of like, I could not beat her because she would just zone and it would just drive me nuts and you feel like you're not in control. And that's the mental challenge of playing a Camilla Georgie yeah. who has scored big wins at big tournaments before, obviously. Nothing of the caliber of a Serena Williams. But you know she's going to be amped up for it. She'll be amped, but I think Serena knows Georgie. She's played her before. I don't know. I just think, I think Serena, as much as people consider Serena like a power player, Serena has so much more dimension to her game. Than but that's my really point. Does. No, but I'm just saying Serena will be able to do things that will get Georgie on the run, that will get her moving. Serena can extend points if she needs. But Camilla's to. not going to let you extend the points. No, but she's she, she's, she's just going to miss. Okay. You know, but, I'm, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like, she's going to miss until she get, stops I get, missing. I get what you're saying. I just don't think. I think if Pete Georgie comes out in zones and plays the match for life, plays like, uh, she played a, against like a Crawford plays against Petkovic. And yeah, Spanish, or how she like played that. against Wozniacki at the Open a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, yeah. The, the, the Overall, I'm not worried. I, I think that, yeah, she's just too erratic. It's not the kind of player who... I think would be troubling to Serena. I think with Serena, I would almost more worry about her against a player that was going to give her a lot of rhythm. Ostapenko? Ostapenko? No. We're going ahead in her draw now. I mean, like, hold on. Like, let's take a quick step back. There's a lot of big names in Serena's quarter, in Serena's half. Um, It's probably, it's definitely weighted heavier on the top than it is in the bottom half of the draw. So here's my question to you, Ben. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, draws can be deceptive. You see a lot of big names. You're like, oh, crazy. But sometimes, you know, the way that it works out, those big players are going to play against each other. So actually, you know, so is this a a tough draw for Serena or not? No, not at all. I don't think so at all. I I said that right away that Serena, with the exception of Georgie, who's just sort of a wild card and who the hell knows with Georgie. uh, But no, I don't think any of these... People are tough, really. I mean, like, Shmidlova's had a good 2015, but she has nothing in her resume. No, I don't think Shmidlova's a, a risk. No. And so, and Wozniacki and Irani, I don't think either of them are risks the way they're playing. And once you get to the quarterfinals... I don't think Wozniacki's playing badly, though. Right, but I don't think that... She's never... She's beaten Serena once and No, I understand. I'm just saying that, like, you know... Uh, Overall, no, because because tough draw has to be considered relative. Serena could have gotten some very tough players in this part of the draw. She could have gotten Vika. Vika, obviously, was the main one. Vika, Victor, Azarenka was the main bullet to dodge here. Uh, or like a section that included Vika, Kerber, like the players who have played well, a Sloan in there. Yeah. As well, you know, like players who play well and may get up for that match, yeah. right? Uh, you're absolutely right. It, yeah. it could have been so much worse, for sure. I, I guess my I guess my concern for Serena in this section is obviously if she's playing, if she comes out guns blazing, we're all done. Like, let's just pack it up. She's probably got this at least until the final, which I would slate against to be against Fika. But, um, you know, I think that if she is a little bit off, I think that there's enough trickiness in the first four rounds that, you know, there's going to be some curveballs. I agree. I mean, eh, I think I think she can get Even through a Sveta. with her B game. Sveta would be in the quarters. Benchich? Okay, the quarter. There's a couple interesting quarters. Benchich, Kuznetsova... Even a peak Pavlyuchenkova, 
Maria is obviously in there, but I don't think I I could see Maria. I don't honestly, I'm not sure Maria makes the quarters and uh, the quarters in this draw. She's a tough draw, Maria. Um, and she once does. She gets, once she gets the third round, I mean, Pavlyuchenko, Sasnovich, or Rodina is the second round. I'm not saying early. The first you said two rounds early. Are no, okay. I mean, like, I mean, like third and fourth round. Pavlyuchenko is not an easy third round. How well she's been playing, and Kuznetsova or Benchich is not an easy fourth round. How well has Pav been playing? She made <laughs> yeah, had a I good think... end to last year. Yeah. Last year, no, I don't. I don't see the Pavs. Clav uh, made quarters of, of uh, Brisbane, didn't she? Like two matches, and it got absolutely blitzed. That's more than Maria's done this year. Maria hasn't done anything this yeah, year. Yeah, but no, no, I don't think okay. that. I don't think I don't. I, I was actually quite surprised by up until the fourth round because obviously a Benchich, a Kuznetsova, they could they could you know cause some problems, especially Sveta, into the uh, the um, Sydney final, uh, mm-hmm. beating Halep. So yep. a very good win for her. So looking pretty good as Sveta, but heck, who knows with Svetlana? She doesn't even know. Um, but yeah, I was, I was, I mean, you know, I think Sharapova has to be pleasantly, su- pleasantly surprised by her early draw. I think she'll have the two matches that will, will kind of get things in order. And then once they're in order, I think she'll, she should be fine-ish. First, first As round. opposed to Serena, where it's like a little bit more like, if Serena had Maria's first two, three rounds, like, I'd be like, Serena for the oh, title. Like, you know what I mean? There's, like, there's no doubt that Serena yeah. would much prefer now Habino. Now Habino Trivia is one of the highest ranked players to making a Grand Slam debut recently. She's almost top 50. Never played a slam match. So, uh, that and now. And it'll be against Maria Sharapova. Now is the time. Overall, pressures this quarter. You think Serena gets out of this quarter? I, I, look, I don't bet against Serena. No. I never do. And so I will pencil her all the way through until I think the final. I just think that at the same time, there's just a lot of landmines. There are things that can go wrong. I think that the, the margins are slimmer in this quarter for her. So landmines you're saying are Georgie and Wozniacki you're pointing to? I think Georgie, Wozniacki, um, even in Ostapenko. Um, I just, you know, you just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. I, I, you know, so much of that is, I think the way that I feel about Serena is a little bit about how you feel about Maria, which is that, like, I haven't seen her play. Yeah. So I don't know where she's at. That's so I'm fair. a little bit... Nervous. This is what we were talking about last last times on the show. We don't we have no data on these top players. Yeah, so what, yeah. So it doesn't set up well. For, it doesn't set up interesting for them. We've mentioned both Ostapenko and Brody, and we got a comp. We got a comment on the last show that we did not mention the Ostapenko Brody brouhaha at uh-huh. all. Uh, which it happened. Was, it happened. It was amusing. <laughs> it was a good, funny like start to like very minor league WTA drama. Now Brody shouting, "You hit the ball boy with your racket and stuff." Ostapenko is a good player. She's really good. She's junior. a good player, and she, I, I agree with you. Actually, I think of the if Serena's going to lose first week, I think it's the Ostapenko because she's not going to know very much about her. Kasakina is actually in there. Kasakina is in there. In she there could the spoil Shmidlova. Who just beat Venus? We should have mentioned her. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Kasakina beat Venus in Auckland. So yeah, those are those are some tougher draws. I think the unseeded. Yeah, the seeds. I think she did well with the seeds in her in her yeah. eighth. But the because uh, really because Wozniacki I think was the best of the three in that range. She could have got four in that range. Could have gotten Vika, Vinci, Keys, or Wozniacki. I think she takes Wozniacki yeah. there. Yeah, but maybe. Yeah. Um, second quarter of the draw is anchored by Agnieszka Radvanska of, of Shenzhen titling recently and Singapore the titling. Queen of Asia. Queen of what Asia. What is it? Four titles, four, four titles in the last, like, whatever, three or four months in Asia. That's pretty good. Tianjin, Tokyo, Singapore, and Shenzhen. So it really does feel, I mean, like, Radvanska, I don't think it's a soft number four seed at all, even at this point. Um, her draw is not easy. 
uh, second round match is against, uh, she plays Mikhail first, which I don't think will be too tough for her. But then she gets possibly Jeannie Bouchard in the second round. Jeannie Bouchard, such an unknown quantity, really, but is currently, as of recording this, leading the tour in match wins in 2016, which who'd have thunk it, uh, making the quarters of Shenzhen and now into the semifinals, as of recording this, of, of Hobart. We are now. She's, I mean, I think that I, mean, I don't right have now. the I don't have the numbers, but she probably has more wins now than a long well, like like you know what I mean for a long stretch of twenty for a long stretch. 14, Maybe not the start. 15. The start she started okay, but yeah, yeah. So she she's a interesting one. Uh, so she could. I think Jeannie Aga is a tough match. I've seen them play before. Stylistically, I think August should be able to take out Jeannie. What if Krunich beats Bouchard? That could happen. Croons. That'd be a fun match. That's some that attitude could be fun. on the court. Yeah, that's Krunich, some... Krunich and uh, Bouchard. Especially if they give it a pretty decent-sized court, I think Krunich will get up for that. Um, Samantha Stozer's in this section, too, along with Monica Puig, who just... Stozer playing well. Monica Puig, yeah, Stozer's playing well, and Monica Puig could beat her in Sydney and is into the Sydney final against Kuznetsova. Uh, Puig is doing really well, serving really well. She has a new coach. She's working with uh, Juan Tadero. Formerly of the USTA, formerly of working with like Madison Keys, so he's working with her, and she's very happy in that situation, from what I hear. And yeah, so she, I think, is you know living up to some of her potential. I think she's going to probably be a, a solidly like a top thirty player this year. I would say it's probably safe. You don't think so? I don't uh, know. Yeah. I just I don't know if I'd say off, that off the Sydney points alone, at least. Yeah, it's it's one tournament. I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not willing to make that projection quite yet okay. for for Puig. It's it's one way. And then a little bit further down in this, just uh, <laughs> Ravonska eighth. There's also Vinci and Sloane Stevens, so Sloane Auckland champion. Stevens Vinci would be a fun third rounder. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. The, I'd, I'd be I'd be very interested to see how that match uh, would pan out. Winner of that would play projected winner of Radvanska Stozer, probably Aga there. So uh, an Aga Sloan fourth round, and Aga Vinci fourth round. Those are fun. Yeah, that's a good little section here. Um, and any, and then lower down in the bottom part of this quarter, we have Carla Suarez-Navarro, who had a pretty good Brisbane-made semis, um, but obviously rough end to last year mostly. Pekovic is in here, Mladenovic, uh, Sibylkova, and then Kvitova is the high seed, although Kvitova tough to know if she's got a virus yeah. or, or food issue in uh, China and yeah. hasn't played the pull out of Sydney where she's defending champs. So well, yeah, the quarterfinal yeah. there I think will be pretty weak out of that section. Um, but the first agree. few rounds will be pretty strong. And and yeah, that last um, section that's anchored by Suarez Navarro and Kavitova, boy, it's 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 just it's it's open. It's open, and it's a really big opportunity for a player like a Petkovic, like a Suarez Navarro, to get through. I'm just I'm not a, I'm not entirely confident with Kavitova at the moment. Obviously, even though she opens against a qualifier. Uh, but she could go out to Gavrilova. That's no, precisely totally. the, the Gavrilova is the one in yeah. there who's fit of his possible second round too. I think. I think it's going to be. I could easily see like a Gavrilova, Carla uh, fourth round. Yeah, and uh, that for the, the spot in the quarters, which would be, again be one of the more open spots. But overall, in this quarter, you like Aga? I do. Yeah, I, I do. think so too. Yeah, you never know. I'm interested to see Sloan. I mean, Sloan and Aga both won smaller. Yeah, I mean last Sloan week. would be my dark horse pick to get out of this section to make the semis. Yeah. Um. But, but uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, but I like Aga there. And then, uh, you know, if she can start her season off, just even with the semifinal, obviously everybody's looking at her to potentially make her big breakthrough this year, but that would be that would be good. Be uh, good let's, let's go to the bottom half of the draw, uh, which starts with a quarter that's uh, at the top of the bottom half is Angelique Kerber, the seventh seed. She's in this third quarter with Muguruza. Uh, Kerber in her section, I think she's a pretty good draw winner, Kerber. Yeah. Uh, nothing 
nothing too challenging here. Opens with Doi, then Sanders or Dolgaru, then Begu or Brengel or Vandeweghe, and then Yankovic and Machinsky, neither of whom have great starts this year. So I think I think Kerber's actually, assuming she plays anywhere near decently, and she didn't have a great year at the Slams last year, I guess, mostly, but some tough draws. Um, I like Kerber to make quarters. That's, I think, and I think that's a slam, strong result. Slam dunkiest quarter. Yeah, yeah. slam dunky quarter, and um, especially, yeah, I mean, anchored, you know, next highest seed in that little section would be Baczynski, who pretty much admitted to me that she's not fully fit and um, trying to, like, play through pain and stuff like that and, and hoping for the best. But, um, yeah, you got to like Kerber into the quarterfinals, but I do think that is where her run will end. And but that would be good for her. Yeah, totally good. And we think it, I assume we're on the same page, we think that her run will end at the hands of Victoria Azarenka. We are on the same page, Who's man. one of the more dangerous 14 seeds we've had in a slam in a while. To be fair, she's been the most dangerous whatever her ranking is for the last two she years. She was unseated here last year, and yeah. she was dangerous. She beat Wozniacki easily in the second round when Wozniacki was, like, number five, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Azarenka... Who did Vika lose to here last year? Uh, she lost in the, in the fourth round to Sibylkova. Vika had a rough draw last year. She went uh, somebody Sloan, Sloan Caroline... Bezos, mm. and then lost to Sibolkova, and then she would have gotten, gotten Serena the next round. And I have to say, which is why I'm actually kind of like happy for Victoria to like get the draw that she that she, she didn't kind, end up in the group of death. She kind of this is it. manageable. Yeah, like you know, she's away, and it also sets up a potential Vika Serena final, which is like something we haven't seen in a darn long time. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So I hope expectations are high for Vika. Let's be they clear. really I mean, for, are. I mean, there's for, no way around it for, for being a Brisbane champ. Uh, number, being number 14 seed, she is the bookmaker's second favorite behind Serena, has been that way for a while, and not even that far behind Serena, really. Um, like Serena's odds are not all that low, um, or, you know, short, uh, for getting it. Yeah, I think Azarenko comes up against Muguruza as a three, uh, number three seed in the fourth round, potentially. I just think there's, again, like the other top players, a lot of question marks around Muguruza from what I was hearing, and what I've been hearing about her offseason, etc. It doesn't sound like she's really in a position right now at this tournament to be a, a shortlist favorite or to yeah. move up to her seed. I mean, for me, like, of all of the top ten withdrawal retirements setting aside a Safarova, who's obviously ill, but of of all of those, the one that is the most worrisome to me is is Muguruza. I am genuinely worried that the – because plantar fasciitis is just brutal. It's a very difficult overuse injury at the bottom of your foot to get over, and uh, – I, I'm worried about it, um, so uh, I'm more worried about that than the knee inflammation for Serena or the arm for Serena or Maria or the Achilles for Simona. So that's the most serious one, which is what, pretty much why I'm not entirely, you know, confident that Muguruza is going to live up to her seat. Yeah, even if, if even if she goes out before Vika, uh, her draw is not the worst. She um, Lucic Baroni second round. Lucic Baroni bl- nearly blanked her. Or did Blanker, who's six love or six one in the first set in Beijing in that mm. match that Muguruza had to win. If she won it, she would have qualified for yeah. Singapore, and she freaked out and she lost that gotcha. first set and then reversed it. You know, Lucic Brony has a way of finding yeah. something special against top seeds. And even Kontavite, Kontavite made the fourth round of the U.S. Open. So it was her first round match. Hey, so remember not... when Annette Kontavite made the fourth round of the U.S. Open? I barely do. Uh, <laughs> Caroline Garcia, yeah, playing well. Be- Caroline Garcia playing well. Bezos, uh Garcia is a good first round there. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I see roadblocks for Muguruza for sure. Shout out before we move on from this section. I assume, by the way, at the end, we're picking Azarenko over Kerber to get through this yes. quarterfinal. But shout out to Vicky Duval making her Grand Slam main draw comeback. Great to see her here. Number 87, line in the draw. She plays Fidelina first, who she also played in Hotman Cup and lost to. Not a good draw for Vicky, but uh, 
and Svetlana and Azarenka's third round, possibly. But yeah, not a good draw for Vicky, but awesome to see her back. And Tor is better off for having her back around. Uh, the final quarter of the draw here, the fourth quarter, with Simona Halep. But uh, top of it is Venus Williams. Uh, Venus, again, I think the draw winner. Outside of the first round against Kanta, Kanta obviously had a very good fall. Not one of the more desirable unseated players, I think it's fair to say. Not the worst, but not not the best either. Um, after that, the Venus is draw, I think she has to really like. Lisicki is her first seed. Um, then Pliskova, who she's beaten uh, in the Zhuhai final. Uh, Makarova. I think I think Venus has to be pretty happy here. I don't know. Um, I'm no. not entirely... I don't entirely agree with that. I think, you know, I actually don't think that the Conta opening round is going to be too tough for Venus. Joe Conta hasn't really... Uh, started 2016 with the form that she left off with in 2015, so I think that's fine. But I think, you know, a Bethany Maddox-Sands, a Petra Chetkovska that's in there playing first round against Sabina Lisicki. That's be a good first round. That, yeah, I'm circling that as, as kind of a must-watch WTA nerd uh, match. But uh, but I think that, you know, those two unseated players could be tricky in yeah. the third round. Um, so, so there is that. I think that, you know, if she can make the second week – Make that fourth round. I think she's in a good spot. You know, I mean, Pliskova is obviously pretty tough. Uh, they played a fantastic, I thought, two straight set uh, match in Zhuhai in the final that Venus won. But I thought Pliskova played quite well there. Um, so that could be fun. Yeah. But I, I, I don't. Uh, I'm not sure that I'm as as. Is there somebody else you would pick getting out of this uh, this eighth of the draw if not Venus? Are you picking I, someone besides her? I would pick Pliskova. Okay. Yeah, um, opening, certainly... opens against uh, Aussie wildcard Kimberly Burrell. Second match, either Me Too or Gergis. I mean, Gergis, that could be tricky with how well she played yeah. in Auckland. Um, third round then would be projected to be Makarova, who's pretty iffy. It's hard to figure out where her game is right now and physically where she's at. And then fourth round projected would be either Venus or Lisicki or whoever gets out of there. So I, I could see a Pliskova making good on that. You mentioned Kimberly Burrell, which is an Aussie wild card, and I, don't, I know honestly nothing about her, but it makes me think about the Aussie girls in qualifying, uh, mostly teenagers, women, whatever, um, did very badly. They mostly, with the exception of Rodianova, Arena Rodianova, who got a, a, a very short retirement from Ying Ying Duan today, and then they barely won games and sets. I mean, and so question is, going to another qualifying story, Francesca Schiavoni, uh, just had her streak end of Grand Slam main draw appearances at 61, one short of tying Aisugiyama. Two awesome ladies, by the way, top of that list. Sugiyama awesome and Skiavoni. Um, having, so falling just short, do you think, uh, would you, I guess, obviously, it probably bears not a question. You would have probably liked to see Skiavoni get some wild card love here. I, I would have, I would have liked to have seen Francesca Skiavoni get a wild card here, for sure. Especially, not just because, obviously, former Slam champion, uh, or, you know, and, uh, former top fiver at yep. one point, um, all that sort of stuff. And I get it. She's not playing her best tennis, et cetera, et cetera. But in addition to all that, the memories that she has helped make here at the Australian Open, that epic against Svetlana Kuznetsova, record setter. It's the same way that Wimbledon gives wild cards to Mahout time and time again. Right, yeah. It's exactly it's, the it's same It's kind of like a thank you. Know, yeah. it's, it's a thank you. It's a, and also, you don't know if she's ever going to be here again. Like, why not just give her the wild card? Let her, you know, even if she loses in the first round, you've given her a nice parting gift of like $40,000. <laughs> like, why not? You know what I mean? I, I, I would have really liked to have seen that. Tennis Australia has so little faith in their upcoming female prospects that they gave back their last two reciprocal wild cards at the French Open and the U.S. Open. They said, you know what? Honestly, we have nobody worthy of taking this spot. So for them to use up all the maximum spots in Melbourne, 
I understand why they do it. It's their prerogative. It's, well, wild cards are obviously dodgy. No one deserves one. I mean, Francesca, if she she could have had her ranking higher. If she, you know, she would have gotten in without any question. But yeah, so t- not disappointed to see. And she, I, it was also thought it was really because the streak ended with Rosano, who also ended Serena's uh, first round streak at the Slam. So Rosano is just like the Milwaukee Bucks of, of tennis <laughs> or something. I mean, she's yeah, brutal. So brutal. her. Um, anyway, bottom bottom eighth of this sh- section is the Howup section, which is led off by Madison Keys, uh, last year's semifinalist here. So a lot of points to defend for Madison, her first time really dealing with that. Uh, she gets Anna Ivanovic as Madison gets Anna Ivanovic as her first uh, seed, which I don't think is considered a tough draw. Um, overall, I think I think Madison uh, is in pretty good shape, and I I, and I think for Halep, with the exception of Cornet, second round it could be tricky, but I think she'd get past. I think it worked out pretty well for the top two seeds there. Um, Would you agree? No, not necessarily. Um, okay. I think that with Keys again, no data points. Whatsoever to That's work true. with. That's true. So, and, um, you know, she didn't necessarily end the season last year all that great. Um, her offseason derailed by a arm injury that she picked up during vacation, uh, had to pull out of Sydney. So, you know, some question marks there. Diaz, I think that she obviously gets through okay. Prokova Shvedova, I would suspect that she would get okay, but I think that that projected third round match against Ivanovic, who has, as I was mentioning before, Ivanovic kind of, you know, ruining her draws in um, Auckland and Sydney playing players that don't play with rhythm. Looks like she has, you know, a good enough draw where the first couple of matches she might be able to get some of that. Although um, Yarka is not a player who plays with rhythm. Yarka's not, but it's a little bit, it's more than what she was dealing with against Pliskova and Brody. Brody. Yeah. So just a little bit more is going to be okay. And she's had now a week to play practice sets and things like that of Ridge. So that... I'd actually kind of, at this point, with zero data points whatsoever, I would actually give Anna the, the edge there in okay. that third rounder. But it could go the other way. I don't know. But, um, you know, we know Madison and we know kind of she can lose to Diaz. Yeah. We know that that's a, very much a possibility. Um, and then in that bottom um, little section of, of Halep's, Cornet Halep second round? I don't know. That's, you know, Halep again dealing with the Achilles issue. Lost today to Kuznetsova in the semifinals in three sets. Really has been struggling with her forehand. That was one thing that just like really stood out in Sydney. The forehand just does not look right. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, but she will need that forehand to get through it. But other, I mean, on paper, there's a great section for her to make the fourth round. Um, and really make the quarterfinals because against an Ivanovic or a Keys, I would put, um, Halep through. Uh, but I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, she should make the semis, but unless maybe a Venus maybe could take her out in the quarters, but I don't know. It, it was not a confidence-boosting week, in my opinion, watching Simona play. I think that it was great that she played Sydney. I think it was very important for her to do that. But watching the actual game that she produced, I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> So I think this is the most, the least straightforward section of the four in terms of the quarters. I... I I guess I'd pick uh, Venus. Well, I've only seen her once, and she lost to Casacina, so I'm not super inspired by that. Uh, I guess I'll take Venus, though, but Halep wouldn't surprise me. I don't know. I'm I'll not, take I'm, Halep. You take Venus. We're good. Okay. High five. That was bad. Better. Okay. Let's finish this out. Uh, we both, I think, have Serena versus Aga semi. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming it goes through our picks, and I assume we both picked Serena in that mm-hmm. match. Yep. As Eight no head to head Serena against Aga, and then Azarenka against one of uh, Halep or Venus. Venus. I take Azarenka. I take Azarenka. And then we have Azarenka Serena final. And you know who wins? 
Tennis. We all do. Tennis. Tennis. Yeah. Tennis wins. I think that that would be a really incredible start to the season if we got the, the Serena Vika final, especially if we, I mean, well, obviously if Vika makes that final, she will be playing, continuing what she's been doing in Brisbane, which is just like getting, really getting back to that time when, you know, that famous time in Indian Wells where I turned to Ben and was like, how the heck do you beat this girl? Like, yeah. it's not clear to me. So and She didn't have that kind of opposition in Brisbane, but she'll No, she she'll didn't. But, but against Kerber, I thought Kerber played a great first yeah, set. True. You know, and true. she still won at 6-3. Yeah. Um, and then pulled away. And pulled second. away. Yeah. I think if Serena is playing well enough to make the final, I like her to win the final. I think she's by far the less likely person of the two to make the final, though. I think Azarenka is more likely a finalist than Serena. Uh, wow, but then you said that like her draw's not hard, so I'm like trying to reconcile all again, this. Again, <laughs> again, because Vinci wasn't supposed to be hard either. Just Serena, with Serena, it's the unknown. It's not that anything right. I agree particularly that. in her way, uh, where Azarenka would be someone who you would look more It's the not draw. the things you see, it's the things that you don't see. Things we don't see. We yeah. don't see how the knee's going to hold up over six, into the sixth and fifth matches, and she has a long one, you know, hot day, whatever. Um, yeah, so yeah, I I pick Vika for it. I pick Vika to win the title here. I think we're on the same page there. Yeah, but so. if I final of Serena, I'm not sure I see her beating Serena. So it's this weird. I don't know, you guys. I don't know, but all I know is that if that final happens, I'll be happy. Yeah, it'll be pretty. It'll be a pretty good day. Pretty good start to 2016. And great stories either way. Yeah. Either Serena gets number 22 and ties Graf and puts the ghost of the U.S. Open completely behind her and kickstart the year, yep. or it's the return of the Mac. And Calendar Slam watches back on. Oh, it's the only thing you ever wanted. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go to the men's, Courtney. So uh, literally, literally, you guys, I have not seen the I men's handed, draw. I handed Courtney a copy of the men's draw on the way, and she was like, oh, I have not seen it. Yeah, no, I, I don't know who has fallen where. So Can I walk you through it? Here we go. Here's what we got. Um, we're going to start with some multimedia here. Uh, Novak Djokovic uh, oh. opens, opens against Hyun Chung. You're like, oh, yeah, I already oh, think that's nice. interesting. Uh, so I actually talked to Hyun Chung through a interpreter in Brisbane briefly. Uh, I first thought, is he taller than I realized? I, I guess the only time I've ever seen him play in person, he was playing against Chilich, so he looked smaller. But he's actually like 6'1", okay. which you wouldn't necessarily would expect for, for a Korean player. It's not generally their height. Uh, so, yeah, so anyway, he talked to me, and the part that's relevant here is he talked about Novak Djokovic and how he likes Novak Djokovic a lot or thinks he's inspiring. So... Here is Mr. Chung. Who did you try to base your game after? Did you play a player you tried to copy your game after? I didn't really, you know, try to copy someone, but I really like Djokovic. Okay. Not just only his game, but I love the way he, you know, how he mentally prepares and, you know, stays cool during the match. Yep. Cool. All that said, I don't think Hyun Chung will be a very tough first round <laughs> for Novak Djokovic. I think Djokovic, again, like, I, I tweeted at the time, like, what even does a tough draw look like for Djokovic? I don't know. And I and still this don't is, know. And this isn't it. No. Uh, in his section, uh, his high seed in his to the quarterfinals is Gilles Simone. Karlovich is in there. I mean, Karlovich, Karlovich catches fire, okay. But, that's... but three sets out of five? No. no. I don't think that Karlovich catches fire for three out of five. Two out of three? Sure. Three I, out of five? No. I agree. Karlovich did beat him last year. Uh, in, two out of three? Doha. Again, two out of, I, I know, I know. Um, so yeah, I take Djokovic to, through to the title, but let's start with the quarterfinals. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then in the next section here is an interesting one. It's sort of a bit of a free-for-all with Kenny Shikori 
not being a, a lock per se, but he's in there with a couple interesting Frenchmen. Uh, he's got Col- K actually has a kind of toughish first round against Cole Schreiber, who can be up and down. So where does see Cole Schreiber unseated. He's yeah. normally got that 31 to 32. The Germans seat. are like kind of more dark than usual as a press court. They're just sort of like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. They're, they're, they're very few men in the tournament. They have Tommy House is not here. They have no seeds. Uh, they, I think they had like nobody in the main draw of Bercy last year or something. So that was distressing to them. Uh, Sasha Zverev, we'll get to later, played Andy Murray first round. Spoiler for you. Um, uh, so yeah, so they, they're, they're in bad I shape. I knew Andy Murray's draw. Okay. Well, yeah. of course. Of course. <laughs> so, so yeah. Well, I'm on Twitter. You can't avoid it. All no, the Brits are tweeting that's it. That's true. That's true. So, um, Kenny Shikori, yeah. I think Nishikori gets through, but Sanga, and this, I think it's almost a bit of a pick em if they get there. Sanga beat K at the French, I guess, recently. I like that Sanga Baghdad is first round. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's a, a fun nighttime. Smiles. Yeah. Li- li- that's like ni- nighttime on Margaret Court. Nighttime Margaret Court Arena. That's really um, good. Benoit's played well lately. He's got a pretty good draw. I like that with Noah Rubin. That could be fun to just watch Noah Rubin to try and deal with Benoit Pair. Yeah, Benoit's going to win that match. Of course. It'll be fun. Uh, Yeah, I think I'm not sure exactly which one loses in the quarterfinals to Novak, but I'll pick pick Sanga. Okay. Go a little bit against Gray. I wasn't super impressed by Kay in Brisbane losing to Tomic. I wasn't either. Yeah, so there there goes Novak through to the semis. Uh, Next quarter... Uh, has a match of Roger Federer. He's the high seed in here. Plays Basilashvili. Never I seen thought him. he plays Gabashvili. That's what that's what Tomic said. Okay, let's talk about. We'll get to Tomic later. Tomic is coming up later in the draw. Tomic really likes this draw, by the way. Um, he had seen the draw, unlike Courtney. Uh, Nicolas Basilashvili, kind of a fun player from Georgia. He beat uh, Lopez Wimbledon last year, but he's not so much of a threat. The, obviously, the highlighted one is the third round against. Uh, or actually, second round against Dolga Polov is pretty tricky, possibly for Federer, and then third round against Dimitrov. So not an easy draw for Federer early at all. Um, Who's the bigger threat to you, Dolga Polov or Dimitrov? Dolga Polov. Yeah, same here. Because with because with Grigor, it's a very established, like you know, uh, uh, paternal relationship of the baby Fed and the mm-hmm. Fed. It just he's not going to upset that order. He's not winning slam. three sets off Fed. No way. He couldn't win two sets off Fed when Fed was sick. Sick in Brisbane, yeah. That was not no. impressive. After that, Federer gets one of the younger uh, upcoming uh, Europeans in team or Goffin, most likely, in the fourth round. So I think first tough first week for Federer, but then it clears out pretty nicely. Uh, Burdich is the high seed in this quarter. Uh, Kyrgios is in there, too. Kyrgios uh, cast like, his draw a lot. Opening against Cranio Busta and then Nishioka or Cuevas and then Burdich. That's pretty good for, for Kyrgios, I think. Uh, but overall, I think I think Roger gets through this and Dolgopolov might be the toughest test. How far do you think Kyrgios gets? I think Kyrgios, um, I think he might make all the way to the quarter. I really like his draw a lot. We haven't I haven't seen him I mean, he played, you know, Hopman Cup and he was trying never clear if anyone else is or you know, who is, especially on the men's side like we talked about last time. Jack Sock. Um, I'm curious about the potential second rounder between Kyrgios and Nishioka. Yeah. Nishioka has been playing really good, um, and you know, not a player that Kyrgios is familiar with. Probably not. I just don't think. I don't think. Nishioka no, maybe has not. But I'm. I'm I just. Weapon. I'm just saying. I'm curious about it. I didn't okay, say he's going to win. That's fair. Um, also, Chorch Chilich in the second round. That's kind of fun. That could be fun. Uh, yeah. So Chilich. I think Chilich is the one most likely to beat. Uh, or Bird. Bird is just a favorite against Kyrgios, logically, right? He is. He's just, I could see that match just falling apart from him spectacularly. If the crowd, I could see, I could see Thomas getting so overstimulated and annoyed. I just think that, like, the prospect, if I'm Nick Kyrgios, like, and I think like Nick Kyrgios, the prospect of playing Roger Federer in the quarterfinals on Rod Laver Arena at home 
and becoming like like a, having a possible hero moment. I just don't see Nick Kyrgios letting anything stop him from having that hero moment or getting a shot at that hero moment. Uh, let's go ahead. So I, I'm seeing you basically thinking Kyrgios gets to the quarters. I'll pick Kyrgios. And then he, if he plays Roger, he beat Roger in their only meeting before Madrid last year. Can he beat Roger? Do you see Kyrgios doing that? This country will go nuts. No. No. Okay. I don't see that happening. Roger does so much. For I think, I mean, I, Roger was sick, and I thought he played pretty pretty well in Brisbane yeah. um, up until Milos. That was disaster. But yeah, no, I, I, I think I think Kyrgios to the quarters, which would be great for him. And then I think that'll be a good show, maybe a four-setter, possibly five. But I, I just don't I don't know if I see him taking, you know, three sets off Raj. Yeah, so I will take, I think I think Kyrgios Burdich is my, like, uh, sort of, like, choky, you know, Shit show of a prediction match and turns one of those be a mess. It'll be memorable. It'll be I want swings and like nonsense. I want like Danny Valverdu to walk to court with like a parental expo- advisory explicit lyrics. So uh, <laughs> because you know Kyrgios is there, yeah. it would be appropriate. It would be, um, and who knows what kind of trash talk uh, he'll have for British. Oh, uh, maybe we'll learn things. Oh no, that wouldn't big, be cool because he dated Lucy for a long time. Like you oh. can't. Biggest biggest draw <laughs> disappointment for me was that Kyrgios as a twenty five to thirty two seed. Had one and eight shot of getting Stan third round mm-hmm. didn't happen. Miss, I wanted that, uh, but I'll yeah I'll take Roger through to the semis. Uh, also, uh, bottom half, Rafael Nadal uh, is the most sort of interesting of the five through eight seeds. Obviously, he gets Wawrinka in the third quarter. Um, Nadal opens against Verdasco, which is Meh. not easy. It's a it's a rematch of their 09 classic and their 2012 dumpster fire. Dumpster fire in Cincinnati. They played some <laughs> awful matches against each other lately. Verdasco actually beat Nadal in Miami last year, uh, so he's a pretty recent win. He forgot that, but that did happen. <laughs> Corny face was just like. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm sorry. You see, this is why you guys should want us to do these periscopes and these videos. Which we'll be doing because, yeah, sometimes I I throw a good face. We got a lot of programming coming up in this. Uh, we do in this U.S. in this Australian Open for you guys. So get excited for that. And also in that adult section, uh, fun first round between Shardy and Golbus. That's Golbus. not fun. That's I'm, not fun for anyone. And fun for Shardy. It'll probably be very fun for Shardy. Yeah. Not going to be fun for Ernie. No, Ernie seems like in really good spirits. He's just playing horrendous well, tennis. He always has been in good spirits. He's just playing horrendous tennis. Remember Alex last Sarkisian. year at Wimbledon when we ran into him and he's like... Oh, like Ask yeah. me your questions now because yeah, I will be too busy when I make the second week or whatever. Yeah. And then he did not make the second <laughs> week. Uh, the overall, uh, Nadal... Yeah, I like. I think Nadal's draw is pretty good. He beat Anderson here pretty convincingly in the fourth round last year. So um, that matchup doesn't worry me too much. Malfis is in this section against qualifiers, which I'm sure will be fun and nonsensical. Um, but did you see this thing? I was trying—I didn't actually look at it completely. But like, Malfis is refusing to do press this year. He has announced he will not be doing press this year. So he's just going to pay fines. I guess so. I didn't actually click the link. I just saw the headline. Oh well, okay. I'm not going to ask any more questions so if then, wants, because if anyone wants to explain what that was about, but apparently I saw from several people. Like it is a thing. Mm. I'll have to talk to a French journalist about it and see. But uh, Paige and Carol Bouchard, Carol Bouchard, please report to the interview room floor. Although we don't, we don't uh, enjoy Monfils for his quote so much. That's so it's fine. That's true. Uh, so I think I like Nadal to get through there, and I like him to make the. The quarters against Favrinka, who has a pretty good draw, too, I guess. Uh, well, actually, Ronich and Sock are both not easy. Ronich especially won Brisbane. Uh, Favrinka won Chennai. So I guess a little bit like uh, Sloan and Aga in the other section with the women's draw. Early champs meeting. Uh, yeah, rough draw for Milos, because I think Stan is somebody who's not a good matchup for him necessarily. Uh, 
I'll take Stan. Ruben, I'll take Stan to beat Rafa. You're taking Stan to beat Rafa? Yeah, I think so. How about you? I'm going to pick Rafa. Okay, over Stan? Rafa into the semis. Yeah. Okay. I think he gets to Stan. I, I don't. You think Stan gets to him also? So that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think so. I think that that's a pretty, a pretty soft little section there for Stan. I mean, Tursanov. Although, anyways, <laughs> yeah, Tur- I saw Tursanov in the hallway. I was like, I remember you. Yeah. Um, I I will say though, I think if Ronich beats Vavrinka, which is possible, or Ronich beats Sock, could beat Vavrinka or something. I like Ronich to beat Nadal. I think Ronish is playing really okay. well right yeah, now. Yeah, I can, I can so see that. I, I, I think that's a also, Dark draw. Horse, I will go ahead and tag as being potentially the spoiler to Milos's Fortnite of Glory. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Troisky. Yeah, I think Troisky is actually playing pretty good. Pretty um, good returner, too. So yeah. It's not a bad matchup for him. I think, I think that could be a tricky one for Milos. Yeah. Possible okay. third rounder. Uh, bottom quarter of the draw now, uh, the main people jumped out first, at least when they placed the unseated players first here, which is weird. Um, is Leighton Hewitt uh, is playing his last draw. He got a dream draw uh, against uh, James Duckworth first round, which he's potentially a favorite in. I don't see Duckworth having the, the stones to close that one out necessarily. <laughs> Courtney's making faces. What are you seeing in this draw? Jump ahead. Go ahead. John and Jersey? Yeah. As a first rounder? I mean, can they even tear themselves away from their TVs for separate reasons? John, obviously, to watch the Panthers jersey because he just loves playing Call of Duty or whatever he was playing. Yeah. Counter-Strike? Mobile Strike. I don't know what he was playing, but yeah. 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 No, I just saw that. That's that's fine. (laughs) Courtney's face has been all over the place during this show, you (laughs) guys. Uh, Divi Ferrer is the high section in this, high seed in this section. Although, I mean, do you really want to end your career to Debbie Lafer? Actually, you know what? That's respectable. I feel feel like... That's respectable. Veteran to veteran. And I feel like Hewitt is somebody who sees, like, Ferrer as a kindred spirit. Yeah. As a playing style. that's good. I think people will get really excited about that and finish. It's going to be an eye roll. I mean, like, Leighton Hewitt, obviously, great career. I think Hall of Famer. All this stuff. It's just, this, just this feels so overdue that he's who, still here. Who is who would have been your dream first round draw for Leighton Hewitt? Oh, Nick Kyrgios. Same here. Yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. Okay, yeah. I want I wanted I wanted Kyrgios to have yeah Hewitt first. All oh, the stories. Uh, maybe, all the think pieces. Maybe Janovic second, and then and then Ravenka third. You That's think Kyrgios would lose to Hewitt? No. Oh, you mean, oh, oh I thought you meant draw. Draw. I think you, I think you, rounds. I thought you meant rounds. Yeah, anyway, I think the Austin Press would have loved that. Um, yeah, so anyhow, in this section, Johnson's not playing very well, so I think Ferrer is pretty safe to make the fourth round, at least, and he plays Isner. He's been pretty good against Isner, I yeah. think, so I like him through the quarters, and Ferrer just keeps keeps on keeping on. He's not somebody in the conversation to win these titles, but he keeps on living up to his seed. He's a very good tennis player. Yeah, he's very no solid. He is what know. he is. Yeah, Isner hasn't had a great start to the year. It lost to Batista Gut in Auckland. Uh, then comes Bernie Tomic in this next section with Murray. Uh, but for let's start with Tomic today. I assume you saw what happened with Tomic today. I haven't seen the actual video. Um, Carol Bouchard has been reenacting it oh um, a lot, so I've seen that. Um, it's pretty great. So for those of you who haven't seen it, we can actually maybe put a brief audio clip yeah, in here. I have drawn Melbourne to it just come out. I'm looking for Melbourne. I'm not looking for Melbourne. I have to make final to make uh, Bernie Tomic uh, saw the draw this morning. Sydney's been rain delayed, so he's going to have to play two matches today. And after going down a break in the first set, Tomic sort of announced to Muhammad Leani during a changeover that, like, I don't even want to be here. Like, I don't want to be here. I want to be in Melbourne. I guess I saw my Melbourne draw. My Melbourne draw is really good. 
and he went to his really Eastern European accent. You know, Tomic has a bag of accents he pulls out. This was super Eastern European. And uh, he went and talking about how he didn't want to be there, and then eventually he pulled out down 3-0 in the second set. So he didn't even, he didn't even Muhammad retire. Muhammad Leoni right was, like, trying to, like, Leone coach like him to like, keep yeah, playing. Leoni wasn't handling this well. Either Leoni no. was not being, which is trying to be, like, a cheerleader, and afterwards... Tomic and Prats was like, yeah, me and like Mo Hamid are like very like good friends, and these are kind of conversations we have, which is just weird. It's not, it's a weird buddy comedy, the Tomic and Share Empire uh, thing, and all of it was a mess. It was very disrespectful to the tournament, I think. I mean, this tournament, I'm sure, was paying an appearance fee. He's number one Australian guy. He's the top seed this tournament, so for him to audibly say, "I don't care, I don't want to be here, I got other things to do." Uh, I think it's pretty bullshit and <laughs> unimpressive. Like, and just, just do what everybody just, else did and just pull out. Or just do what you've always done and just tank quietly. Yeah, just do it. It's fine. It was just it was we, it was a weird going above and beyond to handle it wrong. When there were so many ways Which that is he kind knew of his mo. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. So it's good to see the Bernie got a Bernie. Tomic anyway was saying in in the chair and Sydney as he talked that he really liked his his Melbourne draw and indeed the first week is not bad. Uh, he gets Istaman first, and Bellelli or Brian Baker. Speaking of welcome backs, hey Brian Baker, welcome back Brian Baker. Be love. Gone for a long time back now. Good for Brian Baker. A Finini, Finini topic is just a blessing. I hope that. Happens. I hope that happens too. Uh, although I could easily see Finini losing to Gilles Muller first round. Also true. Yeah. So uh, Tomic is there. He likes his draw. But I was like, I started this like. Your draw's not that good, dude. You, when you, you live, play Is- I mean, Istaman as a first rounder is not always easy. He's a quality no, player. No, he's like, you're going to have to play tennis, Bernard Tomic. And then he gets Murray, uh, you know, in the yeah. fourth round, which is not a good, unless you, unless you have inside information about Kim Sears's, you know, birthing plans. I don't think this is a great draw for you, Bernie, but all that said, he seemed happy. And, uh, yeah, I, I, anyway, all that is to say, I like Murray to get out of this section. Uh, Murray, uh, not the easiest shot for Murray. Zverev will handle pretty easily, I think. Zverev's yeah. not ready for that kind of win at all. Uh, Groff, it could be annoying. And Manorino, those are his second round. Groff and Manorino played him really tough at the uh, U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Went five. Uh, came back from two sets down against Manorino. Uh, Joao Sousa's a pretty easy seed. Overall, pretty good draw for Andy Murray. Yeah, I Andy think. Murray has to be a big pretty, draw winner. Super, super happy. Yeah, I, I would definitely pick him as the draw winner. I mean, it, I just don't see anybody stopping him to the semifinal. Yeah, totally agree. So now we're in the semis. Djokovic and Federer we have. I assume you're picking Djokovic. Federer's beaten him quite a few times last year, but not when it mattered. Never when it mattered. Yeah. Uh, so I will take Djokovic as well. I am basically picking Novak Djokovic for every tennis match that he plays until he loses one. Because And even after that. And even after that. Because I'm sorry, but what he did in Doha... I still, my mind is still trying to wrap it. I, I don't understand. It was violent. It was, like I said, it was like, it was nasty. Like, it, you know, yeah. and I ended up, in, when I tweeted, including that Friday gift that I always was talking about, like, damn, like, that's what it felt like. It's like, Jesus Christ, bro, like, that's really rough, chill. <laughs> it was so good. I mean, no, I say all that as an incredible compliment to Novak. Novak Djokovic had no chill in that match. He had no that? chill. Had, had no, no chill. chill. All right, so... Uh, we have Djokovic through the final. Uh, Courtney, you have Nadal uh, Murray in your semi. Who do you have? I have Murray. Okay, Andy Murray. Murray. And uh, I assume you have Djokovic over Murray in the final. I will take, um, let's see, I will take, uh, you know, let's just, I'll just solidify this. I'll go bolder just to mix things up. Why the hell not? I will take, I'll say, I'll pick Milos Ranj as my semifinalist officially. Leave out the hypotheticals. 
And I will have him, yeah, assuming there's no Kim Sears thing, which is a bizarre wild card, um, I'll have Murray beating Ronich, and then, yeah, Djokovic winning. Djokovic okay. winning is just not even in, like, I it's can't. It's not even, it's, it's. I, if he loses, I don't get how he loses here. Unless he gets, like, ridiculously hurt or, like, hit by a tram or something. I don't see it. I don't see any, no one's in his league. Like, no maybe if, like, attack. Roger has the serving day he had against Andy and Wimbledon, like, where he's just holding at a ridiculous clip and Novak can't get into it and he gets really frustrated or something. But I just don't see that happening. The only one for in his quarter at all is he plays Dottig second round, maybe? But like, yeah, three sets. Again, three out of five. Yeah, you know, no. I just don't see anybody taking three 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 sets off him. Um, what, if, what if this happens? I'm just going to throw this out into the universe. Okay. See if I can secret it. Um... What if Novak plays Andy Murray in the final and Kim goes into labor before the final? Like, between the semi and the final. Yeah, I wrote about this. I wrote a story about this. I apologize. I did not read your piece. That's fine. Don't worry about it. (laughs) But it was about Ben Mitchell had this happen to him. The Aussie was in the wild card playoff and he was into the final and his girlfriend back in Brisbane, the playoff was in Melbourne, his girlfriend back in Brisbane went into labor the night before the final or the afternoon before the final, something like that. They had a day off before it. And he flew back and forfeited the final, and then he just lost in qualifying, so he's out. They didn't now, give him a wild card? No, they didn't give him a wild card. The, I under, I, like... You know... It, yeah. You know, he was... Come on. I understand why you don't want to make it seem like he has one any... Like, oh, you don't want to set a precedent... But like it's a weird. Precedent. You know what? You know what? No, no, no. I think you do want to set a precedent. <laughs> it, that if you make the wild card playoff final and you're an Australian and your girlfriend gets pregnant or it has to give no. birth and you go have and you go do the right thing, we're gonna go ahead and it, it's yeah. by rule you get wild card. So I was talking to a bunch of uh, dads on tour. I talked to Shil Simone about this, and he was saying actually he thinks that Murray, if this does happen, even though Murray has said he will leave, that Murray won't leave. Because, because Simone had this happen where he had his wife went into labor during the U.S. Open, and it was only the fourth round. I think he was playing Rafa in 2010, and he couldn't make it back in time. You know, it's an eight-hour flight; and he wasn't going to make it. And at some point, he was like, "What's the difference between like 24 hours and 36 hours, or something?" When you're already not there, I understand optics, but and I know that Murray's probably not going to be in the headspace at all to win this match if he does have a kid, but. So the that's turn, my the point. Will want a final. It's gonna, it's no, but that's my thing. point. Is like Murray's head's not going to be there in there. So why would you go out there and walk through the steps as opposed to just like pulling it and hopping on a plane and getting to where you want to be? Pulling it and then there's no Australian Open final. That's just what I'm saying. That people, I mean, people understand, but like, gosh, that would be rough for the tournament. Not have a grand sense. Have a I'm no not, I don't disagree with any of that, but I'm saying that it's like a situation where all. Like all of the right moves lead to a terrible result, which is that there is no final. But the right move, and like, why, why walk out there and just like go through it when you know Andy Murray is not very good at lying to himself? No, he's not. Like you know, like if his heart's not in it, his heart's not in it. And so you're like, like at the U.S. Open last year against Anderson, he seemed over it. Yeah, yeah. you know, so it's kind of like. Yeah. So maybe, so maybe then he doesn't make the final. Maybe his heart is already out of it against someone like Atomic in the in the fourth round. Eh, for rare. Ferrer, okay, that is maybe more likely. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see Bert, uh, Andy wanting to give Tomic that kind of win. So or yeah. Isner. I mean, if Isner makes it through there, and Isner, Isner could take three sets off Andy. Yeah, totally, totally can. You know, so so they always play Andy's John Isner, semifinalist. Now you're just getting crazy on the America <laughs> juice here. 
The door is closed. There's not a lot of oxygen flowing in this interview room for. I'm getting a little loopy. Okay, so we should end it here before things get too crazy. Thank you guys very much for listening to this episode of No Challenges Remaining. If you want to follow along with us when you're not listening, you can do so by following us on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NCR podcast. If you have a question for any one of our upcoming shows, even during the Australian Open, we'll be doing stuff. So keep them coming our way. Our email is no challenges remaining at gmail.com. Our show is available on iTunes and any other subscription app service with our RSS feed. And if you are on iTunes, the podcast app, whatever, leave us reviews, ratings, write the actual paragraph review thing. We like all that. That helps us out. And yeah, thank you guys very much. And it is the last three days of our Kickstarter. Oh, yes. Uh, which is going so well. I think we're over 17,000, 17, 17, like three at this point as of recording. So that's all going very well. This is probably your last chance of listening to this to be reminded to listen to, sorry, to donate. Because if you so choose, uh, it's been awesome. Because we reached our 17,000 stretch goal, we'll be doing daily Periscopes uh, through the NCR account. So download Periscope. Download Periscope. Uh, the app is on, on all the uh, systems. Uh, get it. And we'll be doing shows various times, like 10 minutes a day or so. And just remember that Periscope videos, if you've never, like, um, used them before, they actually expire after 24 hours. So don't think, oh, I'll just catch up on all of their Periscopes at the end of the tournament. Like, they are kind of a daily thing. It's a weird glitch. I don't know why Periscope does it that way. I kind of wish that they would archive. But it's fine. We're just going to throw them into the ether. They will disappear like like stars, dying stars. That was dramatic. Do you know the tennis connection with Periscope? I learned about this. I do not. Uh, the guy who, like, invented Periscope used to be, like, an intern or an assistant or something for Tony Gopsik. Oh. Uh, Roger Federer's agent. And he was there, like, in Brisbane just hanging out, just being, like, casual, you know, billionaire attire or whatever. He sold, I mean, not billionaire, but he sold it to Twitter for a lot of money and yeah. just, like, came up with the ideas, like, for, like, in some tennis context, I think, even. It was like, hey, it'd be cool to, like, see. Oh, no, it was actually, like, in a turkey protest context. But he did a tennis connection, so he was there. And so, yeah. Tennis, tennis, creative periscope, apparently. Let's, let's rant rave to finish this out. Courtney, how are you feeling in Melbourne? What's, what, what's on your mind? I'm feeling really great in Melbourne. Homeland season four was great. You were right, Ben. I'm <laughs> sorry you. that I put it off for so long. Well, it starts off la- real slow. You remember what happened last year is that you bought... Yeah. You, you thought you bought it, but you bought season three again, which you hated. Which I hated so much. And now I have, like, season three of Homeland. I'm like, oh, this season sucks. But, yeah, so I finally got around to watching season four. It was great. That, like, block of, like, four episodes after the sixth episode. second half of it is amazing. The second half of it is fantastic and really interesting. And I was talking to Ben about it last night at dinner that – because I really liked 24 when it came out. Um, and it's – it kind of dawned on me watching Homeland, especially in this re- most recent season – or not most recent, the fourth season because there's a fifth – that, like, 24 is, like, basically written – it's the same – both are kind of the same shows – but 24 is written from kind of a conservative perspective, and Homeland is written from kind of a little bit more of a liberal progressive uh, perspective. Both are incredibly entertaining and ask. Explain. Very t- oh, okay. Yeah, so 24, Jack Bauer, obviously the whole show is based around this idea that Jack Bauer, super agent, has uh, 24 hours to save the world, effectively, from some sort of terrorist attack, nuclear warhead, whatever. And because of the condensed time frame, what made it so smart is that you have 24 hours and the stakes are so high and the time is so little. Certain things that Jack Bauer does, which are straight up war crimes. 
<laughs> you're sitting there and you're like, well, yeah, I mean, he had to do it. He had to chop the guy's finger off. I mean, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, that's a, like, Jack Bauer has to, like, pull the guy's tooth out in an interrogation because, you know, we're talking about the world, the safety of the world here, people. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, but it does get you to this point where, and this is all 24, like, kind of pre, post 9-11, but pre Guantanamo Bay, Abu Ghraib. Um, all the revelations of the, some of the stuff that, that the, the, the states was doing in terms of torturing, um, uh, prisoners that, um, you honestly found yourself in a position where you were rooting for Jack Bauer to do precisely what we find to be so incredibly abhorrent, um, uh, nowadays. And I think that that's a really kind of interesting place to put your viewer. And I think that it's, it's, in, I don't know. I think it's smart. Yeah. Homeland is, I think, the flip. Where it really forces you to think about, at least from the American perspective, what just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, and that's the flip of the the Jack Bauer thing, where it's like because you can and you should, and you have to, you got to do it. And the cost of war. And the cost of war, and yeah. and what type of, and also what type of quote unquote soldier do you want to be? Do you want to be a soldier who who um yeah where everything is on the table? I really liked the one scene in Homeland season four where Carrie was kind of after a certain thing happens with her medication that where she kind of tells the, um, the, uh, the ISIL, the, is he, was he not Colonel Khan? I can't remember. But, um, where she says, you know, this felt low, like this felt like we do a lot of things to each other, but this feels like way like you crossed, like that line was crossed or something. And I think that's an interesting thing to think about, you know, cause right now we're in a state of, you know, kind of like, figuring out what happens when you're fighting what is not a nation. Like, you know, it's a completely different set of, of rules. So, I don't know. It was interesting. Both shows are great. I highly recommend them. The first season of 24, the last 10 minutes, if you know about 10 minutes I'm talking about, it's fucking mind-blowing. It was like the greatest moment of TV that I had ever experienced up until that point. So, yeah. Homeland Season 4 was great. Trying to get Season 5 to, to get all the way caught up. Speaking of things from a, looking at the world through a conservative lens, my rave will be... Uh, I don't rant rave. Probably more a rave. Uh, we this thing that I that Curtis on Twitter showed me or t- tweeted to the world, not personally to me. <laughs> <laughs> very egotistical. Showed it to me. She tweeted it for me. No, of of this song that these three girls are like lip syncing. They're not singing. They're definitely not singing. Like performing. Let's use that word at a Donald Trump rally, and it's about how like he's gonna make America great. And it's like kind of catchy. Not. All the way, it's very homemade. I don't know why anyone thought this. Like, Donald Trump is, a, regardless of what you think of him, he should be a fairly... He's pretty savvy. Pa- ...polished operation, you would think, yeah. at least have some business sense. And this is so janky and so magical in its own way. <laughs> They're wearing these, like, Stars and Stripes costumes. It's like, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's like, it reminds me of just something that we would see in some other, like, Making fun of like you know how those like North Korean girl bands and stuff or that show like that dance into the segregation. There's a picture of America blowing up behind them. It's all very that, very Kim Jong Un uh, or Kim Jong Il, whatever whatever Kim you you choose uh, perspective <laughs> on the world. And I just think it's catchy. And the baseline for as bad as the rest of the song is, it's kind of kind of hot. So I, I, <laughs> that'll play us out. And. Uh, I don't know if it's available on iTunes or whatever, but, you know, just enjoy it <laughs> on here ad nauseum. And uh, we'll be back to you uh, soon when the, sh- when the tournament gets underway. See you guys later. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Cowardice. Are you serious? Apologies for freedom. I can't handle this. When freedom rings, answer the call. On your feet, stand up tall. Freedom's on our
Here. 